You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. I want to remind everyone the Toronto Sportsman's Show returns for the 75th year at the International Center from March 16th to March 19th. Enter now at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win four tickets to the show, plus one lucky winner will win a $250 shopping spree. There's no better place to get excited for your next outdoor adventure than the Toronto Sportsman Show. Visit torontosportshow.ca for more details. The deadline for the NFL teams to franchise tag a player is at 4 o'clock today. And we're just watching and waiting. Basically, there's there's two names. It's Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, and it's Daniel Jones with the Giants. And and I'm not trying to compare them at all. One of them has been incredibly successful, and the other one had his first good year this year, and that in Daniel Jones. And so we'll get into that. We'll get into Aaron Rodgers. It's been too long. Our next guest, follow him on Twitter, at Damashek. Check out the Minus 3 podcast, the Extra Points podcast, and all the work that he's doing with uh, Cousin Sal and just a whole bunch of really talented fellas, some of which you hear on this show. It is our good pal. It is Dave Damashek. Dave, thanks so much for joining the show today. Cause the king of wine. What a pleasure to kibitz with you once again. Yes, let's get the promotion out of the way. Oscar host Jimmy Kimmel on Extra Points today. Oh. Make sure you check that out and a good breakdown of um, both March Madness and the Oscars on the most recent minus three that came out on Monday. So that we, we got that out of the way. There's something I want to talk to you about, though. Yeah. We can talk football in a minute. But I want to talk to you because I love connecting with Toronto. I cannot believe that it's going to be Leafs lightning again. And somehow all the pressure, well, we knew the pressure was all going to be on the Leafs. But in addition to that, they're saddled with the curse of Sposta, which means that they are the team that's supposed to win the series. The lightning are, are... um, looking like absolute garbage of late. No one's going to buy them. And here we go once again. I can't believe it. What's your frame of mind, fella? Um, just depressed, miserable, angry. Uh, Gary Bettman is a fool. They should change the entire playoff seating. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous that the Maple Leafs could end up with the second-best record in the East, have one of the best goal differentials in the entire NHL. The Maple Leafs, put it this way, here's how upset I am, Dave, and I'm doing a Dave Damashek voice, is that the Seattle Kraken have a better chance of winning more playoff games than the Maple Leafs because of just how weak the West is, how strong the East is. It's not fair, Dave. Is this, this is the question I've asked um, in recent weeks. Is the current Wales conference, and I, I won't acknowledge the, the jive name that Batman put on it, <laughs> is the current Wales side of the playoff bracket as fearsome a group, at least one through six, as you can recall in any sport in the last 25 years or so. I really, I can't think of who's going to have, I mean, whoever survives that mess, I don't know how you rightly get excited if you're anybody. Like, 
Forget the Leafs, I understand, but this is the best Leafs team in at least a half decade. Do we agree that yes. of all the good all the good teams you've you've put out there in recent years, this is the best version that we've seen so far. This is the best version since '93 with Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark and Dave Andrzejczyk. You got to go back. Wow. To, you got to go back. Uh, yeah, thirty years is how long ago you got to go back. And yet, how can you favor them? <laughs> you know. know, when you have the Bruins doing historic stuff and the Canes. And the rags all loaded up now. And the the devs maybe you know, unlike in other sports where like in the NBA where it is um you know, it, it is a progressive kind of thing in the playoffs for teams. You get into the playoffs one year, then you win a round, then maybe you're ready to make a deep run. The 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 devs with the young wheels, they might be able to skate their way, but they're not gonna go to the final or anything, but my goodness, I don't. I, you know, I feel for. I feel like I'm in the catbird seat as a Penguins fan. Of course, understanding my team's not going to win the cup. I just hope they get in, and if they can upset somebody, it would be a successful season. You have a higher goal in mind, but my goodness, what a what a gauntlet you're going to have to get through to get to the final. Well, the good thing is it's not like there's the crushing weight of history on this franchise that hasn't won a playoff round since 04 and hasn't won a Stanley Cup since the Vietnam War was going on. At least we don't have that sort of crushing history on the backs of this franchise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about football if you want to. All right, first question. The Banshees of Ishrine. I hate that movie. Do the only people that like that movie are people that want to pretend they're smart when they're at the cool kid uh, cocktail party? I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. I like that movie very much, so call oh. me a cool kid, I guess. Um, why? What do you mean? Why? What, what's, what's not enjoyable about that movie? It was depressing. It was, stuff, it was kind of the... But it was so depressing. I've never been sadder for a donkey getting murdered. I mean, that movie was so... De- Spoiler alert. Oh, I hated that movie. I liked it. It's not my number one, but mm. I, I do think it was... Uh, I, I, I would put it... I wouldn't say... You know, 2023, in terms of how it stacks up with uh, other great movie years, I still go with, I think, 94 as the GOAT. Oh yeah, um, movie year, but but ninety eight was strong. I'd have to look at my list. I have a list for these things. You won't be surprised to learn. Um, but I don't think twenty twenty three would be in the pantheon of all time great movie. No, but I thought Banshees of Insurance was, uh, or however you pronounce it. Um, I can't pronounce it. Belongs right. in the top three or four movies of the year. By the way, just for people to remember, ninety four. You had like Schindler uh, Schindler's List winning for best picture, and I'm just trying to pull up the pull up in Philadelphia, The Fugitive, and the Name of the Pulp Father. Fiction. Oh, it was Pulp Fiction. Ninety four is Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. Is, yes. Um, Heat. Wait, is Heat ninety four? I think I can't remember. Anyway, look up all the movies that came out that year. You'll be blown away. But I think it's Wait, like wasn't Gump? Didn't Gump come? Yes, it was Forrest Gump that won. It was Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Those were the best pictures for the film year of 94, but the Oscars, of course, happened on March 27th, 1995. Okay, okay, there we go. 
that they have placed the $32.41 million non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. He's now allowed He's now allowed to negotiate with other teams, but the Ravens have the right to match any offer sheet he signs or take two first-round picks. Uh, so this means that uh, if Lamar Jackson plays for the Ravens, it's going to be for less money than Ryan Tannehill is going to make for the Titans. As a fan of the Steelers and the AFC North, your thoughts on the Ravens going the non-exclusive franchise tag and that them and the Lamar Jackson couldn't come up with a long-term deal? You know what I say about it? Because I'm a vain person. <laughs> I was right! I have been right about this. I don't know how closely you follow along my wisdom cause when we aren't kibitzing directly. But I have been saying that this is how it was going to play out. People told me I was crazy. And here we are, Damashek, right again. I'm smart, not dumb like everybody says. I knew that this was going to happen. And, you know, it's interesting from the Ravens' standpoint. I think, uh, like, last August, early September-ish, I think Lamar Jackson really could have rightly, and call me naive, I think he could have said, much like Andrew Luck kind of did, but it wouldn't be him actually retiring, he could could have said on the eve of the season, I just don't feel like I can play without a long-term deal in place. I'm sorry, Bashadi and Harbaugh and everybody else. I just can't, I, I can't in good conscience risk my, my well-being and financial future. This is now, they, they let it go. And now, rightly, the Ravens are in this spot where they're looking at it and saying it, the injuries in the last two seasons, neither is properly because he's a mobile quarterback, because he was running around. But the fact remains, you know, like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, all missed seasons because of injuries. So it's not like running QBs are inherently, you know, predisposed to be significantly injured than the so-called pocket passers. But now it's two years in a row with Lamar Jackson missing missing giant swaths in the second half of NFL seasons. So the Ravens are rightly spooked. Are they, that's going to get better for Lamar Jackson the older he gets. Um, and the bottom line is where they are in the standings, how much they're winning, and what is a mighty AFC. I can see not wanting to lay out big long-term dollars in a premise that hasn't gotten them to a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson on his rookie deal, the question now becomes, what do they do to replace him? I have been saying for months now, Lamar Jackson to the Atlanta Falcons, and I will, at this point, be very surprised if that's not the way it winds up. That would make a lot of sense if you're Atlanta. You would immediately have the best quarterback in the division, with apologies to Derek Carr, who's a good quarterback. Not a great quarterback, but he's a, he's a good quarterback. Uh, to me, this is this is so fascinating. I wonder how much came to play when Lamar didn't try uh, to gut it out for the playoff game. Uh, we're joined by Dave Damashek, but he should be careful because Dave just threw out a Fredo Corleone reference earlier. And uh, I'll just say this, Dave. If Al Neary wants to go fishing with you, just say no. Your thoughts on <laughs> your thoughts on uh, Aaron Rodgers and and the Jets or the Green Bay Packers giving permission. It's almost like the husband saying, "Yes, I'm giving you permission to date my wife. We're looking to get divorced. Please send a plane and go talk to her." Aaron Rodgers being courted by the Jets. Your thoughts? 
Well, right again is one Dave Damashek. I said Aaron Rodgers to the Jets all season long, and that's exactly the way I think it's going to wind up now. I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is making a trip out to New York City and leaving there without a deal. It makes sense for the Jets. Um, you know, the, the mercenary route is it's interesting for some teams. I'm glad to not be in that boat. I wouldn't want my team making short-term decisions to try to make some hay. Similar to Lamar Jackson in Atlanta, from a PR standpoint, it would be a humongous victory. It's always awful. If you've ever been to that Atlanta football stadium, it's it's spectacular. It's one of the best in the league, except that it's got uh, you know roughly 43 people in it watching the game. That would change overnight if Lamar Jackson went there. And in a similar way, Aaron Rodgers, to me, at this point, I know that he won two straight MVPs, and the second of which was what now, 15, 16 months ago. But, man, that cliff for NFL players, especially for quarterbacks, is severe. Yeah. When it goes, it goes fast. And, you know, um, the idea that he's a savior going from what was, at least in 2022, a pretty soft NFC into, I, I say the Wales Conference of 23 is rugged, but, you know, the state of the AFC ain't jive either. And Aaron Rodgers jumping onto the Jets to go twice against Josh Allen and Bill Belichick and here come the Dolphins. Before you even start looking around at the AFC West and, you know, what you hope is a rising Steelers team and Joe Burrow's bungles and all of that, I mean... The idea that I think the Jets might be setting themselves up or their fans for a little bit of sorrow, there'll be a lot of optimism between now and the start of the season, but grim reality is going to hit. He's a 40-year-old man whose best days are surely behind him now. I, you know, uh, Best you could hope for is a Brett Favre kind of season. I do think it's fascinating that it's going to play out exactly the way it did a generation ago when Aaron Rodgers was in Jordan Love's spot. I feel bad for Kirk Cousins when after a year from now he gets booted from Minnesota as Aaron Rodgers makes his way from the Jets to the Vikings if we're going to do the Brett Favre trajectory. But Dave, I don't mean to push back on you, but your quarterback predictions aren't going that great. Derek Carr did not go to the Panthers. He is now with the Saints. And Tom Brady just said, I'm not going to the Dolphins. I'm trying to raise a, a two-month-old cat with my daughter. That wasn't exactly a no. That cat's not going to be two months old. It's going to be it's going to be ten months old by the time he rejoins the Miami point. Dolphins. Fair point. What Brady wants, Brady gets. <laughs> Have you ever noticed? If anybody else, anybody else in the NFL, I, I really don't think there's another guy who could have gotten away with it. He tried while he was on the Buccaneers, and then he retired from the Buccaneers, and then we found out oh, this whole time he's been trying to buy the Dolphins and become their starting quarterback like Warren Beatty in Heaven Can Wait. And does anybody, Stephen Ross gets suspended for not exactly directly related stuff, but still, the only guy who comes out clean, the aforementioned Shawshank, you mentioned that, the only guy who can crawl through a river of, of poop like that and still come through clean on the other side is Tom Brady. If he wants to play in Miami in 2023, I think he'll make a phone call and he'll make that happen. And the idea that he says in March he's not going to do that, 
uh, doesn't mean that come autumn of 23 he won't. And, okay, Derek Carr, I didn't get it exactly right with the Panthers, but I got no. the division right at least. I get half credit. <laughs> By the way, Dave, I give you credit. You sure know how to bring in the young audience. Let's see. Godfather Part Two. that's a 1974 reference. Heaven Can Wait with Warren right, Beatty, right. that's a 1978 reference. And your modern one for the young kids on TikTok, Shawshank Redemption from 1995. Dave, please, again, promote where the people can find your work. Also... Uh, go and check out one of your last podcasts with uh, Bald Brian from the Film Vault for more great sports betting tips, but betting on the films and the Oscars. Exactly. We did that, and we had Tate Frazier from One Shining Podcast on previewing everything. Check out Minus Three, check out Extra Points, and check out Don't Call It a Comeback with Ryan Shazier. I do a lot of podcasting, cause you do well. It's it's one thing you are good at. Maybe not NBA, NFL quarterback predictions, but you're pretty good when it comes to uh, yammering. You always do a fantastic job, and we always appreciate when you take time to join the show. When I find out that our old buddy Damashek's coming on, I'm like, good. It's going to be fun, and the interview's going to go on too long, and we're going to probably talk about a lot of things that my bosses would rather we didn't talk about. You're the one who brought up Banshees of Insuring. I hope you're listening, program director. That's not on me. Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for for the Oscars to win Best Picture? I guess everything, everywhere, all at once. Very good movie. Yes, okay, we're in agreement with that. I would like that. Otherwise, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Pardon me, would love to see Top Gun win, but I know it's not. So everything, all at once, uh, I'd be all over that winning. Enjoy the Oscars on Sunday, Dave. You too, Pally. Great catching up. Take care. That is Dave Damashek. Follow him on Twitter, at Damashek. And yeah, the Minus 3 podcast, Extra Points podcast. The man does a lot of great work. And yeah, don't call it a comeback with a very inspirational former linebacker, Ryan Shazier. we got to take a break. On the other side, some thoughts about some bets we like tonight in the NHL and the NBA. You'll listen to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. The NFL is playing a wild game of chicken right now. And I'm talking about a couple teams, mainly the Baltimore Ravens. They are not even doing the full exclusive franchise tag. They are doing the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. So he's now allowed, he is now allowed to negotiate with other teams. Now, whatever offer is brought up, the Ravens have the right to match that offer. If they don't, they will receive two first-round picks in return. Basically, it allows Lamar Jackson to go and shop for the best deal. I am curious about who are going to be the teams that are going to go after him. Because the Ravens, say what you want about how they may have bungled all this up. That's a smart organization. They do a lot of winning. For them not to just jump right in to just to jump into the pool right in the deep end without even looking. They know things. They know things about that quarterback, about his health. I'm curious to see who's going to make an offer, how much is that offer going to be, how close is it does he get to all the guaranteed millions that he wants in a Deshaun Watson-esque deal. I I see this Diana Rossini, ESPN reporter on the NFL, says the Falcons will not be pursuing quarterback Lamar Jackson per sources. Who knows if that's true or not, but that is coming immediately. Obviously, it, put it this way. If the Falcons are believing in Desmond Ritter more than Lamar Jackson, that should tell you something. 
Well, I don't know if it's that they believe in Desmond Ritter more than Lamar Jackson. I just think they have to believe in Desmond Ritter more than the effort that it's going to take in order to get Lamar Jackson and get him under the cap. But here's the thing with get him under the cap. The cap keeps going up, 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 You're and right. up. I'm not arguing that. But here, you know. ready for this? Mm. How about we solve all of the quarterback issues all at one time? Sure. I, I have the solution. Awesome. Lamar Jackson for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I can't even finish saying that without laughing because both of those teams are not built to do that. No, that would be. Fun. By the way, that would be hilarious to see the the bets that have been placed today at Caesars on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. You know what? I'm going to save this for the other side. Andrew Cayley from Covers.com. Let's get into one of the the gambling angles of the fact that the Jets are being allowed to formally talk with Aaron Rodgers. It is a wild day, as I said. And we'll do that after traffic, which is brought to you by JanPro, Canada's leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Trust the professionals at JanPro. Visit them today at janpro.ca. Time now for traffic. So I'm seeing this little uh, statistic about people betting at Caesars Sportsbook. Bets being placed on the 2024 Super Bowl. Who do you think's going to win this Super Bowl? Well, today there was 220 bets on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. Every other team in the NFL combined, 71. All of this is because of the news that Jets representatives, a contingent, are on a private jet. Woody Johnson's private plane flying to California to meet in person with Aaron Rodgers. Joining me now to talk, I mean, it's not really about football because he's more of a baseball, basketball guy, but from Covers.com, it is Andrew Cayley. And Andrew, it's one thing I love about just taking sports stories and finding the betting angle of it. You get a whiff that Aaron Rodgers could go to the Jets and everyone is just going to place that, uh, that future on the Jets winning the Super Bowl. I, I I guess I get it because the defense there is pretty good. They have the offensive rookie of the year. They have the defensive rookie of the year. Then they like not even to mention like Brees Hall probably would have won the rookie, offensive rookie of the year if he hadn't gotten hurt. And everybody says that the the one piece they, they that team needs is a quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is maybe one of the best throwers of the football uh, in the history of the game, but. Uh, I'm not sure how I would feel about having him at my as my quarterback at this point in his career. Like obviously he's very talented, but and and some people have faith in them because the Jets have gone from like plus five thousand a few weeks ago to plus sixteen hundred today to win the Super Bowl, which is a pretty incredible jump. But like that's ahead of the Ravens and the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Rams, the Dolphins, all sorts of teams that uh, have uh, high expectations. I, I think what I'd like to do right now is uh, bet on – I bet I would never get better odds on – bet on the Jets to miss the playoffs. Like, I think I'm going <laughs> to zag if everyone's going to zig. I mean, there's so many better quarterbacks. And, and also, it's the Jets. And, you know, we can apply this to any sport we want. And I know this is unscientific, but there are some teams that are always going to screw it up. And to go in with high expectations on the Jets, to me, is a recipe to lose money. It just, you know, it was like for the longest time, like betting on the Cubs or, or betting on the Sacramento Kings. Like these things just happen. Not to mention that that division is 
probably one of the toughest to come out of in football right now with Josh Allen and the Bills, the the Dolphins. Maybe they're linked to hopefully to his healthy, but if not, they're linked to some guys, maybe a Lamar Jackson if he doesn't get signed here in the next 30 minutes or so. It could be really interesting what happens with him in the next few days. Oh yeah, uh, it's just it's just a very tough division. So on top of it all, so uh, I, I don't I understand like people are trying to to bet that value early before the actual uh, transaction takes place, but it's uh, <laughs> it's still the Jets. Well, it's the same thing if we go to the NBA, um, everyone betting on the Brooklyn Nets or then waiting to see where Luka's going to go and then, oh, let's, let's get a bet on Dallas. Like, we see this in all sports, just the, uh, the wild level of speculation, hoping your penny stock turns into a hundred bucks. That's definitely the case in the NBA as well, for sure. Speaking of the NBA, you did a video yesterday on the Raps. I I believe you lost on on Denver because the Raptors covered the spread, but you won on Jakob Pertl. Your thoughts on last night's Raptors game where they played played great last night, and uh, I just, I mean, what what a ridiculous ending with Scott Foster to that game. Scott Foster continues to be Scott Foster, and I don't like it's going to happen. I don't know what you can really say about his performance at this point, other than the fact that he continues to make being an NBA referee like the center of attention, and he just that's just what he's going to do, and it's going to happen every now and then. And it's unfortunate that the Raptors were on the on the bad side of a Scott Foster performance last night. But it was a, it was a traditional Raptors performance because you can't really <laughs> expect what you're going to get out of them at this point. They played one of their best games in a long time, and they probably should have won that basketball game. Yes, there were some bad calls that went their way outside of the Scotty Barnes thing. In the, those last two and a half minutes, it felt like every call was going against them, and uh, several of them were questionable, so that was a little frustrating. Uh, but they also made some mistakes, too, down the stretch. Yep. Um, and... Uh, if they don't do that, they probably win the game as well. Uh, obviously, they're playing much better with Jakob right now, but the offense still has uh, a ways to go. I would say they still rank 20th in uh, offensive rating uh, since they made the trade. Uh, but but my favorite thing, like you mentioned there, Jakob, oddsmakers still haven't adjusted to the fact that the Raptors aren't just relying on him as a rim protector or a spacer on the floor on offense. They're using him as a reliable scorer on the inside right now. He's averaging over 17 points per game uh, as a starter for the Raptors. And they're still setting these numbers at 12 and a half, 11 and a half for his point totals. And I was, I'm still going to be hammering the, the overs on those until they make the adjustment to about 13 and a half or maybe even 14 and a half. Stick with the Raptors for a second. I'm just thinking about this. Again, joined by Andrew Kaylee, senior betting analyst with Covers.com. Live betting, which is something I don't do very often, but it feels to me that one of the values could be, the one problem we've seen with the Raptors, and we saw it yesterday, the Raptors, they look great early and often offensively, but then the fourth quarter came and everything just failed. feels to me if the Raptors are going into a fourth quarter with a lead to just bet, blindly bet the opponent, get uh, you know, you're going to be getting plus money, and I feel like if you did that over the course of the year, you're winning. 
the, 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 that's the Raptors pessimist in you. I'm not going to go as far to say as you're going to be winning every time if you just no, not every time, but Raptors. I'm saying overall, <laughs> overall, I'm probably going to. I'm. I think I'm going to win more money than I'm going to lose if I did that um, throughout the year. And again, it might be a pessimist, but this goes to the fact that it's still the same problems with the Raptors. Fourth quarter, half court. You know, again, it it, it everything slowed down in the fourth last night. That is that is a very fair point that they still rank 29th in effective field goal percentage, which is a, a byproduct of their terrible half-court offense, which is improving with, with the Jakob in the middle, but it's still not there because they just don't have enough good, reliable shooters. Like, yeah, you can feed the ball inside to Jakob, and he can kick it out to those guys surrounding him, but if they're not going to hit those shots, then it's, it's not going to matter a whole lot. But your point on live betting is pretty good there. I, I would say a more reliable thing to do is if you're really watching – the whole entirety of this game, you can see the fluctuations in the live odds. And um, what was who did they play the game before? Um, oh, Washington, yeah, Washington. Yes, thank you. Um, they were they were pulling Yakub off the court, and then the Raptors would immediately start playing terrible basketball. Yakub and Fred, to be fair, though, having those two on the court together has really been a good combination so far. Uh, but take them off the court. And then everything looks like it's it's going down the tubes. And then you see the live odds immediately shift in Washington's favor. And that's when you can jump on the Raptors on a live spread, for instance, because you know he's going to come back. Uh, those two guys are going to come back in and make the game close again, which is what happened in the, in that first Washington game. And uh, I really think that there, that's kind of how you attack it there. You kind of see the ebbs and flows of a basketball game, and you can see kind of how the algorithm is working with live betting odds. And if you can, but they can't really see that Jakob and Fred are off the court. They just see that the Raptors are struggling, and then the odds adjust. So maybe you hop on them when those when they're off, and then they come back on, and things get a little better for you. And let me say, before we move on to other things, the Raptors look great for a lot of that game. They had the lead throughout. If not for Scott Foster, there's a good chance they would have won on the road against the best team in the West. That was a great performance by the Raptors. I, I realize my tone is a little negative, so I just want to be fair and balanced. It was a hell of a game for Fred Van Vliet as well. Uh, Andrew, let's move over to more fun things. If you're talking about speculation and betting on futures, no better place than the NFL draft. That really is something that has jumped over the last couple of years, betting on who the first receiver is, the first quarterback, first player taken, how many quarterbacks in the first round. I mean, ye lord, I don't feel like we really had that five years ago. Well, for one, betting on the NFL draft wasn't really sanctioned for a long time, and we've only had legalized sports betting um, in Canada very shortly, and in the U.S. just a little longer, and but we want to bet on everything now, and there are so many things you can bet on in the NFL draft, and the NFL is still king when it comes to all forms of betting. Nobody can get enough of it, and the draft just gives you so many options, like you mentioned, and it, I find it to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, uh, while I think there's a few edges out there, there's, there's only a, a handful of people <laughs> that really have the inside information of what's going to happen uh, heading into an NFL draft. I, I will say that if you look at some of the odds, like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was almost plus 400 to be the first wide receiver selected before the NFL Combine. And that's only because he didn't play this past college season for the most part. And then I knew that he was going to go test well once the Combine com- came around and uh, those odds were going to shift. Uh, just the, yesterday he was plus 180, and now he's the plus 110 favorite to go first overall in the NFL draft. So those 
those markets are available to be attacked um, by a, by some savvy betters if, if you're willing to do the research there. It feels to me everyone wants to jump on Florida Gator quarterback Anthony Richardson to be the first player drafted. One, because like, ooh, plus 650, I could win a lot of money. And two, I don't think I've seen anyone with uh, just the muscular, just his arms. Like, I don't think I've seen a quarterback with welcome to the gun show since, I don't know, maybe like a Dante Culpepper. Like, I think some people are going to bet on Anthony Richardson just because what he looks like with his shirt off. This is and this is probably the story, the betting story of this NFL draft. Um, he opened at plus ten thousand a few weeks ago to be number one overall, and yeah, a plus ten thousand. And then just a couple of weeks ago, it was about three weeks ago, it was plus five thousand, and then it was plus sixteen hundred, and then it was plus five hundred as we come out of, and even plus four fifty as we come out of the combine here. He obviously tested through the roof. Everybody knew that he's an athletic freak. My comp for him is something in between Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton. Uh, but what is gonna hold some teams back um, is the fact that he's still quite raw. His athleticism is through the roof. There's nothing that can be said about that, but uh, those two guys that compared him to uh, Kaepernick and Cam Newton, they had a lot more success in college than he did, uh, particularly when it came to throwing the football. Uh, his mechanics can get lost at times because uh, of his faith in his arm strength, and he'll battle his accuracy at times. He completed just 53% of his passes from Florida yeah. last year. Um, I think if you're willing to let him sit, I, I'd love to let him sit. I, I can see the value in taking him there. But this is... Uh, the, the guy that nobody's talking about here is um, Ohio State C.J. Stroud, who also had a fantastic combine, and I think there's some value in him to be the first quarterback taken. He's at still about plus 350, and nobody's talking about him. Everybody's talking about Richardson or Bryce Young, who is still the favorite to go first overall, uh, but he's going to get knocked for his size. He, he did not come in at a very five uh, ten uh, and one eighty nine or whatever it was. His weight was very small guy, but he's a very composed passer. He if, if Alabama lost a game the last two seasons, it was never his fault. He 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 is everything you want in a quarterback. I, I probably still think that Young is is the one who's going to go first overall. But uh, I think the value is now with Stroud, considering it's all washed up. Like, all that value is gone with Richardson. Yeah. Oh, no. A hundred percent it is. So, you know, Stroud uh, makes more sense. I'm a Florida Gator fan. Um, I I, I love watching Richardson, and uh, I kind of wish he was still there. But anyway, uh, before we let you go, the uh, the top five most staked teams in the World Baseball Classic outright. You got the state, or no, Dominican Republic, uh, we are plus 220, the U.S., Japan, then a big drop-off, Puerto Rico, and uh, finally Venezuela. Uh, your thoughts on anyone looking to bet on who's going to win the WBC? Uh, the, the DR is stacked. Like, they're not going to have Vladdy, which I'm kind of happy about that he can just rest that knee, but then they still have like maybe the best lineup ever without him. Machado, Soto, Devers, Julio Rodriguez, Wander Franco, just to name some. Uh, Sandy Alcantara uh, and Christian Javier and the staff, like very good. The U.S. might have the best lineup overall, and Japan might have the best pitching staff overall, but it's the DR for me among the favorites. Uh, a little further down, I kind of like uh, Venezuela. Like you said, they have an underrated lineup and some and some good great uh, a good starting pitching with guys like Pablo Lopez there. Uh, Korea is another dark horse at about plus sixteen hundred. I love the KBO during the pandemic year. They have a solid MLB infield with Tommy Edmond and uh, Hassan Kim. Um, 
Jung Ho Lee is the reigning KBO MVP, and they have a solid pitching staff. They just do everything well, um, and they do it with fun. Like they're known as the Bat Flip League. It, it, it's it's a lot of fun there, and it all kicks off tonight with the Netherlands versus Cuba. And I've got a quick bet for you. We're going Cuba. Oh, uh, Netherlands and Cuba over eight. Both teams feature solid lineups. Netherlands has uh, Xander Bogarts, Jonathan Scope, Didi Gregorius, Yerkson Profar, while Cuba has uh, Juan Moncano and Luis Robert. Uh, and the return of Jonas Cespedes uh, ah. as well. Yeah, so both solid lineups for both those teams as well. I couldn't really name you any of the Netherlands <laughs> starting staff. They have a couple MLB like, uh, talents in the bullpen, like Kenley Jansen and uh, Pedro Strope. Uh, but both staffs are, are kind of lacking in this one. And I think the, the bats will, will sing in the first WBC game tonight, which is, I think, at uh, 10, 10 Eastern, I believe. Uh, I'm doing the morning show tomorrow. I will not be watching that. <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock. It's way past my bedtime. Hey, Andrew, always appreciate. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Check out his work at covers underscore Kaylee on Twitter. Read his work at covers.com. All the best, my friend. Good luck with your bets, Matt. Thank you. You as well. Coming up on the other side, sound of the day. It is someone's birthday today, and they've got a very special call. You'll know what I'm talking about, and we'll do that right after traffic. This is Gameplay. On TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Sound of the day, sound of the day. Here comes the sound of the day. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Today, uh, birthdays. You know, we like to talk about it. Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, Hall of Famer. Lynn Swan. Wanda Sykes. Hilarious. Also, every time Wanda Sykes was on Kirby Enthusiasm, always funny. But our birthday, born on this day in 1960, it's Joe Carter. Producer Nick, give me the sound. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt, left field, way back, Blue Jays win it! The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe, you'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. I now suddenly want to have a completely different conversation, and um, I, I would ask the producers, but both of them are just laughing their ass off. I can see a rod there, and I can see uh, Nick. Has there been a better nickname in Toronto sports than Whamco, which the 1993 Blue Jays offense of, of Devon White and Alomar and uh, Paul Molitor and Joe Carter and John Allerud? Whamco. I mean, I can't think of a better Toronto-based sports nickname. Player or group? Anything. Player, group, thing, an outfield, a, a like the Ontario line, the, the brief-lived Ontario <laughs> line uh, that's not around. And ain't uh, there anymore. And ain't there anymore. I'm like, uh, if we had more time. Best nickname at all related to anything in Toronto sports. Eric Carter's pretty good. Eric? Eh. Air Canada? Air Canada, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm always going to be a little bit... Uh, you know, it comes junkyard to, dog. Junkyard dog, not bad, but again, that was already taken. There was also junkyard dog, the wrestler, who would defeat you with a headbutt, and his song was "Grab Them Cakes." 
Do you remember that? Do you remember? I, I know Rod remembers that. I don't know if Nick, if you remember. No, I, I'm not a wrestling guy. You know yeah. this. So. I know, I know, but you know, he, he's he sort of transcends. You know, all. Actually, I'm not sure. Junkyard Dog was only if you were a wrestling fan. So again, tonight the Leafs game. The the number one thing I'm looking for is Morgan Riley and Timothy Lilligren on the third line. What the hell does that look like? I'm wildly fascinated. Uh, Lafferty getting a chance to play center with Ryan O'Reilly out, with John Tavares out, which makes sense. This is the Leafs' only game. The next time after tonight that they will play will it be against Edmonton, and that is on Saturday. So for a random Tuesday night game, there's just a lot of things I want to see. And there's a lot of players getting maybe one more chance, two more chances to play with the Leafs before some guys get sent back down to the Marlies. But then the big story is Lamar Jackson is now free to negotiate with any team that he wants. And if the Ravens don't match the offer, that other team, whether it's the Jets, the Dolphins, the Raiders, uh, who knows, uh, the, the Falcons have said, thanks, but no thanks. What about the Carolina Panthers? Uh, then those teams would have to send two first-round picks to the Ravens. It's wild. Lot. That's it, a lot. It is wild. What's going to happen with How Lamar? many teams can actually do that right now? This is the real question. It's going to be hard. It's $50 million. Like You're talking about a guy who's going to be wanting like $50 million guaranteed. Not going to be easy. That'll do it for me. Jim Taddy. You got Jim Taddy for the rest of the week. I will be on first up with Carlo Koliakovo. I want to remind everyone that gameplay on TSN 1050 was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. You got Overdrive coming up next. But before that, time now for a Newstalk 1010 traffic update.